Hey, it's Mark Bertrand. When my truck was in need of new tires, it was a no-brainer. I went to Town Fair Tire. As New England's largest independent name-brand tire dealer, they were able to provide a selection and price that can't be beat. And since I bought my tires from Town Fair, I now receive the most free-for-life services, like free flat repairs and tire rotations. So if you're in the market for a new set of tires, do like I did. Get to Town Fair Tire, because they have the best after-sales service, and nobody beats a Town Fair Tire deal, and I mean nobody. B-Pod Studios. Now, the show you'll be talking about. That was not me hemming and hawing. In therapy. Socks, socks, stupid socks. Felker and Mass. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5, the Sports Hub. The last 10 to 12 years, uh, I've really had an opportunity to grow as a person, as a coach, as a man, um, and try to figure out, you know, after my experiences uh, in Denver and and St. Louis, um, who I am, how I wanted to be defined uh, in my career, uh, what I wanted to represent, and how I would lead the next time if I I got another opportunity uh, to be a head coach. And... I've, I've, you know, it's crystallized for me. I'm clear in the vision that I have uh, for this role, for this job, for this team, um, and I'm going to be myself. Uh, and I think that's really important uh, for me um, and, and our organization as we go forward. That was Josh McDaniels after he took the Raiders' job back in February, second go round. You have a chance to be one of these coaches that on his second turn is really the coach he can be, and that's sort of the sweet spot for these guys. Belichick, Terry Francona, Bruce Cassidy. Give me another example. There's a bunch of them. Oh, yeah, sure. It happens a lot. Uh, you know, does he have a chance to be that guy? Yes. Yes, he absolutely does. Look, he's a good coach. Now, again, does that mean that it's a guarantee? No. But I, I think the mistake all these guys make with Bill, and then they go on and get their own operation, whether it's Patricia or Judge or McDaniels the first time, I think they they believe they have to adopt Bill's personality. And it's not as – you can't adopt his personality. You What you try to adopt is the way he prepares, the way he runs practices, that sort of thing. But you can't lead the same way he leads because you're a different person. So, so you have to – you know, you got to add in your own sort of spin on it. Take the stuff you like. Leave out the stuff you don't. It's really – you know, I make it sound simple. It's complicated. I think McDaniels learned that. And I think he has a chance to be good at it. And look, they're in a brutal division. Brutal. I give him a shot. I think there's a chance this year Kansas City takes a step back. I'm a little worried about the Chiefs. I, you know, I they felt to me like they were starting to come apart a little bit last year. You know, and then Tyreek Hill left. I know they brought in some other people, but I, I just feel like the Chiefs may may have slid a little bit. The or char- teams have figured out Mahomes. Yeah, you know, I, you know look, and Denver's going to be better certainly with Russell Wilson there. The Chargers have brought in talent; they're good. But the coach is a moron. Yeah, but I wouldn't leave the Raiders out. I like, and I don't say this just because it's McDaniel's. You know, I I give them an outside chance of winning that division. I think they could win that division. I wouldn't rule it out. So I just think he's a chance to be better the second time around. And uh, I think that he's sort of making an offensive transition. So maybe there'll be some growing pains there. I mean, it usually is when you install a new offense. But he's doing it with a handful of guys 
that are well-versed in his scheme, have coached his scheme, and have coached on that side of the ball. Versus here, which you have none of that. And so I think they've, I think what's going on here is that they're sort of, I, I, I think they put Mac Jones into a position where he's going to have to take a step back to take a step forward. And I, I, I think it's a far more functional situation that they've got going on there in Vegas. I think McDaniels has a chance to be that, that second time around coach that learns from his mistakes and is better the next time around, has a chance to be that guy. And furthermore, I'm trying to find this quote right now, which is why I'm kind of fumbling. But I, I was reading one of his quotes here recently that when he took the job with the Raiders, he said, all I want is to be the head coach and to call plays. And maybe I got that first part. I'm trying to find the quote. But he, he said something along the lines of, all, all I'm looking to do is be the head coach and to call plays. And I'm going to surround myself with people who can do those other things and trust in them to do it. Okay, And that's, I'm paraphrasing, but he made that kind of comment. So which I took to mean, he's going to let Ziegler run the draft board and Ziegler do the personnel. And he's going to let, it, it's Graham, what's his first name? Pat, Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham, he's a former Patriots assistant. He was a former Giants defensive coordinator. He's hired him to be the de- defensive coordinator, and he's going to turn that over to those guys. Okay? So on one level, smart. So, you, you know, if you want to call up and say, well, he drafted Tim Tebow. Well, he ain't going to be drafting now, I don't think. If I'm, if I'm to take him literally with that comment, he's going to let Ziegler do the personnel and Ziegler run the draft board. And they'll work together because they come as a package. And so it'll be one of those things where if Josh really wants something, I'm sure he'll have influence. But he's going to delegate there. He's going to delegate on defense. So maybe that's something he didn't do in Denver. But I will say, on the other hand, that does make him less than Belichick, where he is going to be that offensive play caller, where his head's just buried in the play sheet. And maybe he'll he'll lose you know he'll lose track of the time or the timeouts or the whole game management that I think Bill Belichick does such a great job at because he's not a primary play caller on either side of the ball. McDaniel sort of loses that ability, and I think that's one thing that may work against him if he's just another glorified offensive coordinator as a head coach. That you know, well then he's just like all these other guys, and there's nothing special there. So we'll see. I mean, it's close. I just think what Belichick has, has done here is, is with his staff and the new offense and trying to do this all with these guys, he's putting Mac Jones and the team in a tough spot. And I don't think the Raiders are suffering through that or will suffer through that. And they've got a pretty good amount of talent. So add it all up, I'd rather be the Raiders than the Patriots. You, Stephen Rosendale, who'd you rather be? Uh, I think I would probably rather be the Raiders, but I agree with you, Felger, that it is close. I completely disagree with Tony because this is an interesting conversation. It's not like we're talking, would you rather be the Rams or the Patriots? And I, Tony kind of brushed over it, but I think we've seen in the last 20 years what a bad division versus a good division can do for your team's prospects. I mean, the AFC West is loaded. There's a chance that the Raiders, you said they could win the division. I think there's a chance the Raiders could finish and last in their division. And at least the Patriots, they're at least better than the Jets and you know about the same as the Dolphins. So I think the division actually should be larger consideration than what you've said so far so uh, yeah i mean the the, the division self-evident they should have a tougher schedule than no the question. patriots just based on what's out there i mean there's no doubt about that would you say the raiders floor is lower but the ceiling's higher yeah uh yeah that's probably right i mean i just think they're gonna have a better year than you and i think they're in better position to have a better year for the next couple i think josh is gonna do a good job there i mean again if you when and that's not based on denver which team actually has a better chance of winning the division Winning the division. The Raiders. Raiders, yeah. 
Raiders. Look, again, I think the Raiders are in a better spot. And when I say better spot, I, I'm not talking about the division. I'm talking about the coach and the talent, okay, the staff and the talent. Which one would I rather be? I'd rather be the Raiders. Now, again, could they finish last in that division? Of course. Yes, I completely allow for that. So, but, you know, so, so now what? The better foot, you'd, you'd rather be the worst football team in a easier division? I mean, at the end of the day, you're still not going to get to where you want to go if that's true. I'd rather be the better football team. Okay. Apparently, uh, the Patriots went out to Vegas today and stunk out the joint. It was a big, important week for them. They've obviously had some fits and starts installing this new offense and working in these new coaches so far at camp. This is their last real, you know, sort of run-up to the regular season. Starts in just over two weeks. How did they uh, perform today out in Vegas? What do they look like? What's the temperature of the team after another uh, apparently bad workout? Greg Bedard joins us from Vegas with the very latest right after these words. When two active-duty Metro police officers died of COVID-19... Joe Lombardo disrespected them and their widows by refusing them line-of-service death benefits. Joe didn't even bother to turn up to their funerals. If Joe Lombardo won't stand with fallen officers and their families, who will he stand with? Paid for by New Day Nevada PAC. still all about sports. We don't take it seriously. And whatever's on Jim Murray's mind. Get over the persecution complex, you children. Felger and Mass. 98.5 The Sports Hub. Alright, welcome back to the program. Joining us out in Vegas... Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, on the ground with the New England Patriots as they had a joint practice today against the Vegas Raiders. Greg, what did it look like? Not good. Not, not good uh, until the last session. It was sort of, um, you know, two minute. The Raiders went out there first, and the defense did a great job. They got a stop on their drive, and the offense came out, and you know, they did a really nice job. Mack was like five of six for the drive. There was a sack. There was a near interception by Jerron Harmon on the drive, but to, to march down the field and cap it off with a touchdown by Kendrick Bourne, I think, look, I, I don't want to say the same thing as like we just said about the preseason game and their third drive where it's like, oh, what can one drive do in the momentum? Because the momentum from the preseason game obviously did not carry over to today's practice because they were awful for a vast majority of it. It was probably, no, I'm not going to say probably, it was their worst offensive practice of camp. But to finally put it together and put together a scoring drive was strong. And you could feel it like we talked to uh, David Andrews after practice. And you remember Andrews talked over the previously worst offensive practice of camp. And you could tell he was short, didn't want to be there, didn't want to talk very much, tried to get off the podium early. And today was different. He he had a different mentality. He uh, he talked about you know what that can mean and, and finishing off strong. But uh, look, if you're if you're looking at the vast majority of practice, um, they were terrible. The Raiders completely dominated them and on both sides of the ball, really. And you know if you're a Patriots fan, you're hoping that that last ten minutes of practice is gonna you know, hopefully propel this team into the next two weeks of practices before the season opener. Greg, uh, Greg, is the biggest issue still up front? 
Yeah, it really is. And, you know, it, it's not a surprise that they were able to drive the ball down the field and do well with Mac Jones and shotgun, spread people out. You know, you're, the blocking isn't anything fancy. There aren't any different terms. It's just basically man blocking in that situation. And, you know, the blocking was a little bit better on the drive, but there's no question to me. And this goes to the preseason game as well. They have serious problems up front blocking just about anything, especially stuff under center. And to me, it looks, it looks sloppy. The footwork bad. All the fundamentals are bad. To me, it looks like they are a poorly coached unit, which surprise, surprise, Matt Patricia's the coach, the supervisor, Billy Yates is also there, but he's splitting his time between being offensive coordinator and things like that. It looks like a team. It looks like an offensive line that has very little attention to detail, and that really shouldn't surprise anybody. Greg, was Kendrick Bourne more involved, or is he still on the uh, pain-o-mind list? A little bit. Uh, he was definitely further down the depth chart for much of practice. Um, he, he did end up getting the, the touchdown to end, and he had a nice spike in the end zone. So it was good to see him get in the mix. But you could he's still a very much you know second and third sort of, string as far as the wide receivers but he is getting more in the mix okay again greg bedard joining us out from vegas uh, just completed the uh, patriots uh, raiders joint practice you say the uh, otherwise other than that last 10 minutes otherwise the worst offensive practice this season and again you sort of went into it a little bit there but the last 10 minutes i assume was the two-minute drill and the you know what we would consider the recognizable or the old Patriots offense, Mac Jones and shotgun spread formation, etc. He's sort of quarterbacking the thing. Previous to that, was it all this new install and all the new thing that they're trying to do? No, there was a previous two-minute two drive which was just god awful uh, that they couldn't you know do anything with and and to the point where. Um, you know, they were so bad at one point, you know, and Mac was after the first two minute drill, I think Mac was seven of 17 with an interception to that point. The running game was going nowhere, multiple stuffs, multiple pressures. You could see that the team coming off the field, they were completely deflated. They defeated. At one point, Matt Patricia called together the offense. He talked a little bit and then Mac Jones talked. But after that, that first two minute period, where they were a disaster. Mac Jones came off, went directly to the sideline, took like a knee. Joe Judge tried to talk to him. Then Mac Jones is pacing up and down the sideline. You could tell he was really pissed off. But, you know, up until that last session, they couldn't do anything, whether it was two-minute or under center or running. A lot of this this practice was basically uh, split between uh, first and second down work and then uh, a lot of red zone and a couple two-minute periods. So, Greg, you said both sides of the ball, right? So defensively, in terms of the line play, was there also a, a significant issue there? Uh, I, You know, I thought that the the Patriots' defense was a little hit and miss. I think they had, they had issues when the Raiders could block plays. They had issues covering the top Raiders receivers. I mean, that's no big surprise. I mean, Devontae Adams, I think, they might have deflected one pass that went his way. Other, otherwise, he was money in the bank. He was open all day, uh, had really no issues. Hunter Renfro, they couldn't stop in the middle of the field. They did not have Darren Waller, their great tight end, out there. 
uh, today. Uh, Mac Hollins is sort of the third wide receiver. He did a nice job. They, when they couldn't get pressure, they had a tough time covering. A lot of people are with this group and, and with McDaniels sort of scheming things up. Uh, but I thought they, they did pretty well against the run, I will say. The Raiders hit him a couple times, but the Patriots did a nice job against the run. And then the pass rush really came out on that final two minute period where I had, you know, Matthew Judon got held by the tight end. He also got a sack to end the period. So, and I think Juwan Bentley got in on a play as well. So that was good to see from that group. Okay. So we've been throwing up some tweets from some of your uh, colleagues, cohorts there. Vinny, just throw up that last one you had from Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald. Yeah. Okay. So, and this echoes, you know, what Greg said up until that very last two-minute drive. But Andrew Callahan wrote it at one point. Man, this is bad. The most troublesome offensive practice of the summer. They've had some, just reading from you guys, Greg, they've had some hellaciously bad practices this summer. And you're mm-hmm. saying this one was as bad as any of them or worse than any of them up until the very thought, end? Yeah, I thought it was clearly worse. I mean, Mike, they came out in the first team period, and they went stuff, stuff, sack. And uh, then they had a decent run from Miranda Stevenson, and then there was another stuff. I mean, it's just, I'm telling you, I you know, I know I, I've sort of said it before, and I said it early when the pads went on, and people wanted to say, oh, it's the first day in pads. I'm telling you. That the offense that we saw up until the, the final two period, I have never seen in my 20 years covering the NFL an offense this bad. They can't do anything. They look like an expansion team at times on offense. And it's not overstating it. I'm not blowing things out of proportion. And it's just, it's where they are right now. And they, you know, one period of practice, they look like a capable offense. I mean, that's something to go on, but there's no question. They are way behind. They need to get going, or else this is going to be a disaster to open up the season. They stink. Yeah, so Greg, do they stink? Yes, they do. They can't do they can't do any and here's the thing, and you brought up the offensive line before, and I guess I should make a stronger point on it. Like you can have Matt, I love Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a good quarterback. I love a lot of their wide receivers. I love their running backs. I like their tight ends when they're healthy. And Hunter Henry was out there today, you know, doing his thing. And they have the pieces. But if you can't block up front at all, which the Patriots can't do right now, none of it, none of the other stuff makes any difference. And that's where it starts. They are a bunch of, I don't want to come out too strong, but they, they can't do anything right up front. And they had Trent Brown back, and Isaiah Wynn was back, and they had their guys back. This is their guys. They put Owenu back at right guard. This is what they're rolling with. And it has not gotten better in, what are we now, week four of training camp? Okay, so, so Greg, you just said a second ago, in all years covering football, you've never seen it, never seen it this bad. So what I'm trying to get, you know, what I'm trying to uh, assess is – how much growth can a team possibly make given where they are right now? You, you see what I mean? In other words, mm-hmm. as bad as it is right now, how dramatic a turnaround is realistic? It's a great question, Tony, and and I've given it a lot of thought. And I understand because I hear from people on Twitter and I hear you know my members at BSJ in the comments because, <clears throat> you know, quite frankly, they don't like uh, sort of my reporting during camp, and I understand it. Here's the thing with me, and and 
I've been a person, if you look at my history, I've been patient. And, you know, when they were one and three last year, I, you know, I, I got you guys off the ledge. 2014, when they started the kid, the debacle in Kansas City, I said, no, this team is better than that. They'll get it going in the right direction. What's different now and why fans should have real fear is that who is going to coach up the offensive line to get this group tightened up to the point where they can run, you know, at least basic stuff and say, we're going to block this stuff. Like in the past, you knew, all right, Dante Skarnecki is there. Ivan Fears is there. Josh McDaniels is there. They will figure it out. They will get these guys repped up. They will figure out. They will start at basics and go. I can't. I can't, I don't have any faith that that's going to happen here. There's no track record for this. You know, what they're doing as far as the coaching. I mean, if they had Dante Scarnecchia here, there is no way in hell this offensive line looks like this at this point. There is not a chance in hell. They are not being coached correctly. And that's the essential thing. When are they going to get coached correctly? When is that going to happen? In the past, you could say it's going to happen. Now, nobody could say that's going to happen. It could happen. But nobody could say it's going to happen. This is terrifying. All right, Patriots fans, how do you feel about all that? All right, we'll, we'll take your calls. Bedard's with us up until 5 o'clock. We still want to do three up, three down. Who's trending up? Who's trending down over the last week of uh, camp and joint practices and the game? We'll do that next. We'll take your calls as well. Don't go anywhere. Your, uh, your phone number is 617-779-0985. First, a quick update. When two officers died of COVID... Joe Lombardo refused their widow's line-of-service death benefits. If Joe won't stand with fallen officers and their families, who will he stand with? Paid for by New Day Nevada Pack. This is the place Boston sports fans come to get some positive vibes for their teams. Anything but. It's time to panic. Well, maybe not. Now, back to reality with Felger and and now, it's time for three up. Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from bostonsportsjournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Felder and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, our weekly exercise here with Greg, who's out with the team and the joint practices out in Vegas with the Raiders. Give me the three up, three down from the last week. Okay, who's trending up, who's trending down, including the Friday preseason game through today's workout. Greg, who's your number one up from uh, the past week? Juwan Bentley. I thought he played really well in the game. He's been really impactful. He he played well today at times also, so... I think he's doing a really nice job. I think at times last year, he's, I think he's made progress every year. And, uh, I think he's, he's sort of the rock in the middle. I know a lot of people, you know, don't love him as a player because he's not, he doesn't have the flashiest tools, but he's become a pretty good player for this team. I went Dietrich Wise, and again, I have to base a lot of mine on what I saw in that game on Friday night. I thought Wise was pretty good in that game. I thought up front, the, the Patriots are pretty good in that game. All right, Greg, number two. Ty Montgomery, I thought that he changed the game when he came in, and I think he – it's hard to see now because there's no game planning and stuff like that, but once we get to the regular season, 
how teams deal with him uh, is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a weapon that, you know, they, they can use him sort of in that Aaron Hernandez, Corderell Patterson, get some sort of cheap yards where you line up as a receiver on first down, then you go hurry up on second down. He's running an outside run. I, I, I think he brings a lot and uh, he's been a good player for them. I went Nelson Aguilar. I thought Aguilar took a little bit of a jump in that last game. I feel like he and Kendrick Bourne have kind of like flip-flopped. He made the catch down the sideline. He made the third down play that you're talking about, a little swing pass. So I think, you know, the reports on him out of camp have been pretty good uh, of late. So it feels to me like we were talking about Aguilar being dealt at one point. I feel now, again, he and Bourne have completely flipped. Third star from the last week, Greg? Michael Wenu. Him playing right tackle in that game, I thought he had a clean sheet for me. I thought he was excellent. I mean, I don't know how much we have to see him at right tackle and play really well for the Patriots just to say, you know what, he's a right tackle. Of course, they're going to have to move win to get him in the lineup at that spot. But uh if I were the Patriots, I'm trying to get rid of win. I'm putting a Wenu at right tackle, and I'm putting some, somebody like Arlington Hambright at right guard. And I'm going from there. I think that's a pretty good unit. When I was better at tackle last year, I don't get that. But anyway, that's a sign. Mm-hmm. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Yeah. Uh, I think the guy's, you know, he can, looks like to me like he can play a little bit. And again, I know the Panthers didn't have their best talent on the field, but he made a few catches down the ball, down by the goal line on special teams. That was a good play. I, he's got some size to him. I, I think he's going to make the team. Quick aside. Just I, I meant to mention this because we were remarking last week about uh, how do you get the name Lil Lil Jordan when he's tall and lanky? It's not a nickname. The his family let his brother name him, so he, he he has an older brother. And when the kid was born, they said you get to name him. And the kid said, "This is going to be a little Michael Jordan." So he called him Lil Jordan after Michael Jordan, a little Jordan. Oh. Nothing to do with his size because, as you can tell, that's a tall, lanky little fella. So there you go. I thought that was an interesting nugget. That was from a reader. If that's wrong, blame him. I didn't check it. I just went with it because it was an interesting story. Maybe that's what we should start calling him, Lil Big Boy. Okay. Lil Greg Bedard, you're three down. Who's been the who's been the suckiest of the suck over the past week? <laughs> well, you put it like that. I don't want to put this player out there like that. But uh, Cole Strange, I did not think he played well in the game. Initially, I did watching watching the game live. I thought he played well. But going back and watching the game, I did not think he played well. I think he's got a lot of technique issues that in the hands of a better offensive line coach like Dante Scarnecchia. If Dante Scarnecchia was here, he'd be on like a Joe Tooney-like trajectory. And I think Cole Strange is going to be a fine player. He'll probably play a lot of good football for the Patriots this year. But right now to this point, I would say his development has not been optimal. I mean, to me, there's nobody whose stock has dropped more in the last week than Kendrick Bourne. I, I, I'm floored by how this thing has turned the way it's turned. He didn't play in the game. He's with the second team. He's like he's completely invisible. Zero. To me, Bourne's number one on the list. Number two uh, down over the last week, Greg. Uh, Jelani Tavai, the linebacker, who um, continues to get a lot of major playing time, did in that game, started that game. Uh, I don't understand why, you know, outside of, he was with Patricia in Detroit. I just don't see it. I'd rather have Mac Wilson on the field. I'd rather have Raquan McMillan and Juwan Bentley. I just don't get the fascination with Tavai. He gives up a like 30-yard pass to some schlub fullback tight end in the game, and he wasn't even close to the play. I just don't get it. 
Isaiah Wynn, I have him second. Again, I feel like he's another one who's plummeted. Came into camp as a, you know, or, or earlier in the offseason was a starting left tackle. Now Mike Wynn, who's playing at right tackle, we're talking about trading him. To me, the, the, the downfall of Kendrick Bourne and Isaiah Wynn, not that Isaiah Wynn was ever, you know, skyrocketing through our, our ratings here, but to me, I, I feel like Wynn's on his way out. Number three, Greg. Mac Jones. I didn't think he was he, – he... He should have been a lot better the other night. I mean, they ran bread and butter sort of simple plays. And look, I, I know a lot of his struggles, especially in practices, have nothing to do with him, even though he was not good in seven on seven today, um, either. But it, he, he should execute those plays. There's no reason to, and a lot of people will say Devontae Parker dropped the first pass. The ball should have been on his front shoulder. There was no reason. There wasn't that much traffic there. He didn't have to shield Devontae Parker from anybody. He just put it on him. And then he sails the pass to Jacoby Myers. And there was the pass with Stevenson. That was probably mostly Stevenson's fault. But, you know, he's got to go out there and he's got to be, he's got to play better with these basic plays for this offense to have a chance. Tyquan Thornton, again, it's not his fault, but. He breaks his collarbone on that play, and now he's out eight weeks. It just sort of validates the concerns you have of a guy that size in this kind of league. And so, again, I'm not telling you it's his fault, but if we're talking about someone who, whose value to me took a big hit in the last week, Thornton's on the list. All right, your phone's with uh, Greg Bedard coming up next in our long commercial-free segment, and we'll also ask Greg or get him involved in our conversation of the day, and that is... Who's better position going forward? Soup to nuts. Who'd you rather be? The Patriots or the Raiders? We'll do that all again in our long commercial free set right after this. If Joe Lombardo wins, there's no plan B for reproductive rights in Nevada. No, literally. He wants to take away our plan B pills too, ladies. We can't trust Joe Lombardo. Paid for by New Day Nevada Pack. He doesn't ask much of the audience. Okay, but play with me. Except to love him. The worst sign in New England sports is you. Mass. The quiet half of Felger and Mass. <laughs> On 98.5, the sports hub. Before we get to the phones with Greg, just want you to answer the question we have uh, posed to the audience today. Who's in better position going forward this year and into the near future? Who would you rather be, the Patriots or the Raiders? Raiders. I'm little question in my mind. I mean, look, they're going to have to figure out the car quarterback situation, which is huge and the whole key to everything. But in terms of where they are now, yes, they're in a tough division, but how long is Andy Reid going to keep doing this? And what's going to happen after him? Yes, they'll still have Patrick Mahomes. Can Staley still, can he coach? I don't know. I mean, I'll take Josh McDaniels over Staley. Um, and I just think that, I think that the Raiders have a lot of talent. I think they're going for it. I think they have the right guys um, in charge. And, you know, you just look at what's going on in New England right now, and, you know, it's hard to have a lot of faith that what they have assembled in terms of outside of Belichick, what they have assembled is going to propel people forward. I mean, what they're doing to Mac Jones, especially after today and watching today, what they have done to Mac Jones is straight out of the how to ruin your franchise quarterback playbook that countless other terrible franchises have followed. And oh, you stop, feel stop, for stop, Mac Jones. Just, you watch the- Jimmy, just make sure you got that. Okay. <laughs> Greg, go ahead, please. <laughs> um uh, uh you feel for Mac Jones watching these practices. Like you just 
like just nothing's right. I mean, even the passes that he missed the other day, and I'm not saying they wouldn't have happened if Josh McDaniels was here, but do you really think Joe Judge is is coaching Mac Jones up on the proper footwork and doing all the drills, the footwork drills that he needs to to be able to execute those plays? I mean, you know, look, I, Bill Belichick is awesome. He's the best ever. He could cover up a lot of things. He probably will with this team. They'd probably be like a 2-15 and 15 team if it wasn't for Belichick. But <laughs> we're seeing the limits of his power, and I think we will this season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Who did Josh take again out there? Did he take the O-line coach, who was Brasillo, right? I know I've mispronounced it. Uh, the quarterback yes. coach and the receiver coach? Is it, Did he take the Patriots O-line coach, receivers coach, and quarterback coach? Uh, that I'm trying to call it up right now, but that sounds right off the top of my head. Now, Brasillo still had a year on his contract, and Bel- uh, Belichick let him go. He didn't have to let him go. And this is what I think it's because, and I think Burt Breer reported this, that basically Belichick was like, well, I have Matt Patricia, so yeah, you can go. Exactly. Like this is the, Exactly. Yeah. He, had, he, he, he was so confident in Patricia that he let the O-line coach go with a year left on his contract. Yeah, keep going, Greg. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Mick, Mick Lombardi is here. He was <clears throat> receivers, Bo Hardegree, the co- uh, quarterback's coach, Jerry Shablinski, your boy, your boy Shablinski is yep. here just helping out, you know, an extra guy who's actually coached quarterbacks in this league, doesn't really have a title. He's senior offensive assistant. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Rob Ryan's here on the defensive side. Rob Ryan, huh? Uh, yeah, that's, that's our buddy. The fun Ryan with the In hair. full effect. <laughs> yep. So, but uh, Mick Lombardi is the offensive coordinator there, and he was, was he the quarterback coach or the receiver coach here last year? Receivers. Okay, either way, Brasillo, you know, so, and Bo Hardegree, the quarterback coach. So it's like, they, Bill let those guys go. It feels like basically the whole offensive staff. Except for this Nick Cayley kid who he's kept here in jail. And isn't let do anything because he's you know big footed him with Patricia and Judge, but he was okay letting those guys go because he said to himself, "Well, that's where I've got Patricia and Judge. I'm all set there." And he let these guys go with Josh, and so it's like, ah, it's it's just it's it's hard to feel good about where the Patriots are right now with this. No, uh, hard to feel good. I I think it's like impossible to not feel bad. Okay, a couple of calls here for Greg before we hit the top of the hour. Chris and Worcester, what do you got, Chris? All right, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, Greg, I, before I get to the temperature, I will answer the question. I am pro uh, uh, Patriots. Believe it or not, I'm going to believe in the process, which we'll use that word. But I, I'm going to believe in that. That's where I'm going because I feel I'll just go with Belichick. I'm, I'm a Belichick Bobo. But Greg, mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, today's uh, practice, was it chippy at all? I, I wanted to know, like, because of the you know last week with Carolina and that's into scrimmage. It was a lot of chippiness. Was it flat? Was it was there? Or was it just pretty clean today? Like any chippiness? Any anything you can report? There was there was one fight among the the third stringers at one point. Um, I I had, I didn't have my binoculars out then. I was sort of totaling things up at that time, so I didn't see it. But in general, no, it was pretty pretty respectful. It was kind of a weird pace to practice where. Uh, you know, at times you thought they were just going through the motion, even though some of these guys make it look that easy. Devontae Adams had a catch in the back of the end zone where he just stopped, pirouetted, stuck his hand out like it was nothing. He just did it like so effortlessly, and Carr just 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 tossed the ball out there to him. Like it's just 
I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen many of those plays around Foxborough in a while, and it was just something to behold. But you know, they got after it. But I think you know, Deron Harmon's on the other side, Brandon Bolden's on the other side. You know, McDaniel's along with the coaches. Like, there's a lot of uh, Chandler Jones is out there. He, yeah, I thought he had a pretty good practice. You know, there's a bunch of expatriates on the other side. These guys are friends; they know each other. So I think that automatically uh, raises the decor of practice. We got Dennis and Milford on the offensive line. Go ahead, Dennis. Yeah, hi guys. Nice to talk to you. Um, I've been a Patriots fan for many years, and like you, I am very, very concerned about the poor performance of the offensive line. We need help right now. So what I would like to ask you is your opinion. Is there any way you think the Patriots would contact Don, Dante Skenekia? Okay, so I'll just stop you there. I mean, Greg talked about zooming Dante in. I mean, we can't. We we we, we can't. We've been doing this for five or six years. You know, he took a couple of years off. He came back. Where's Dante? Can we bring Dante in? Let's just call Dante Skarnecchia. I mean, the man deserves to have a life. Right. At some point, they mm-hmm. tell him to screw. The man wants to go fishing. He wants to, you know, go swim or swim. Yeah, the dude's watch an amazing. Yep. Yes, he wants to watch his grandkids and work out. And like, will you, will you let this man rest in his in his twilight years for Pete's sake? And I'm saying, being only you know half sarcastic, he don't want to do it anymore. And you can't you can't rely on Dante Scarnecchia the rest of your life. But this is why I I bring up Carmen Brasillo. And not that I know Carmen Brasillo from Ryan Rasillo from Ratillo. Like I don't know the guy, but. It felt like the offensive line last year, Greg, was pretty decent. It was functional. You know, uh, and maybe there were some slow starts like there seemed yeah. to have been. It took a while to get the, there. Yeah. But for the most part, by you know, by the time they got going, they were able to run the ball and mostly keep Mac Jones clean. Like the offensive line wasn't the issue with the team by the end of last year. It was the defense, really, more than anything. So, I mean, forget Dante Skarnikia. I mean – was it a mistake to let this Priscilla go? Uh, quite possibly. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I do think that he's a good football coach, and there's a reason why McDaniels wanted to bring him out here. Um, you know, as far as Skarnecchia goes, I, I could just tell you that I think uh, people like myself and Karen Corrigan have had more contact with Dante Skarnecchia than some of the important people at Foxborough this entire offseason. And one other thing that I wanted to bring up that I don't know if you guys saw it or have talked about it, but did you see Mike Reese's item this weekend on Twitter? Uh, he didn't write it in his column, but it was on Twitter, and he talked about you know sort of his review of the game, and it yeah, jumped out you know, to me. So, Greg, you know what? Let me stop you there because I did. I saw you uh, mentioned it on your site, and I went and I looked it up, and so I I did read it. So we've had problems with Kendrick Bourne, the receiver. We've had buy-in problems with Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne and David Andrews. Uh, could we also have issues with both of your tackles? We know about Isaiah Wynn. Hasn't shown up in the offseason. Not thrilled with his work ethic. We've talked about this before, but is there a, a, a percolating issue with Trent Brown? Okay, let's get to that right after Murray's 90-second update. No commercials. Don't go anywhere. When two active-duty Metro police officers died of COVID-19... Joe Lombardo disrespected them and their widows by refusing them line-of-service death benefits. Joe didn't even bother to turn up to their funerals. If Joe Lombardo won't stand with fallen officers and their families, who will he stand with? Paid for by New Day Nevada PAC.